0: Welcome to the Ignite Movements podcast where we're helping leaders start multiplying movements. As always today if you find this content helpful I hope that you'll take the time to like, subscribe, share, and even comment as well. Uh, on this episode, episode today, we're going to be diving into something that is really at the heart of multiplying movements. And uh, and so uh, when, when you're talking about igniting movements, you can do that one of two ways. Uh, you can do that through s- just starting other churches constantly uh, that are completely autonomous, or you can do that through starting multi-site uh, churches, a church that is 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 one church in many locations, uh, and so both of the, both of both of those are awesome. Both of those advance the kingdom. Uh, today, we're going to drill down specifically on the multi-site concept. We may deal with the other one in in another uh, future episode, but today we're really going to drill down on that multi-site concept. And so, before we get into the details of some of the things that you need to think through. Want to just kind of take you a little bit on our journey doesn't mean it's the right uh, way to go about it But I just want to make you aware of kind of where we're coming from uh, when we started Northridge Community Church in 2008, we immediately said, we're going to be a church that starts churches. Uh, and so uh, there's going to be more than one of these. And we, we declared that right up front, which was really, really helpful, by the way. Uh, if you go ahead and tell people that right up front and say, this is who we're going to be as a church, uh, it, it does several things. One, it, it encourages other people to jump on board that are interested in that kind of thing. We literally had, I'm sitting in a campus today where um, we had families start to come to uh, the original campus and say, hey, we heard that you all start churches and our area needs a church like this. And so, uh, and so, first of all, you kind of get a reputation for that. You draw people who are interested in those kinds of things, but it also just helps people understand right from the start, we're gonna be a very unselfish church. If that's not your thing, if you're looking for something just to become a mega church and, and that kind of thing, then, then, you know, this is probably not going to be the, the type of thing you're going to be interested in. And so uh, it, it just sets the tone right up front so that when you go to do it, uh, it's not as shocking. Uh, I remember telling our, our leadership team in the early days, when it's time to start another campus, I'm going to come to you and say, okay, it's time, we're going to start another campus. And you're going to tell me, we don't have a budget for that. And I'm going to tell you, we didn't have a budget for the first church at all. When we started it so you know it just just going ahead and getting that mindset that hey we're going to take steps of faith it's going to be hard it's going to be a stretch, but we're going to do it and so by 2012 uh, our original campus was really really packed uh, didn't have a lot of room to to grow Uh, and so we began thinking about how are we going to start uh, the first uh, campus or the second church so to speak. Uh, and so uh, we looked, we tried to raise up leaders from inside that just didn't work out in that situation. Uh, I think maybe looking back, uh, we could have been more intentional uh, to do that. Now we have a lot more systems in place to do that. But uh, for whatever reason, we took a couple attempts that it didn't work out. And so uh, we ended up talking to somebody who, uh, one of our staff members knew a friend that was finishing seminary in Texas and uh, loved to make disciples, was from our area, was interested in moving back to the area. Uh, And so we began talking to Chris Miller. Chris Miller came back in the middle of 2012, and uh, we began to pull together a core team for him to meet with. They met with uh, met met with them on Sunday nights. Talked about who we are as a church. Talked about what it's going to mean to start a new campus. That it's not going to have the same feel uh, from day one. That that it's going to be like kind of a teenager going out on his own, having to kind of start life and build back up to where his parents were uh, and so made all those kind of things clear, really laid a disciple making foundation or, or began doing that. We got more effective as, as other campuses uh, came on at doing that but he, he, uh, he began that process of helping them think like disciple makers and missionaries as opposed to just we're going to attend a different campus. Uh, and so he really did a good job for that whole uh, half a year in 2012 laying that foundation. And by 2013, we sent them out. They began to meet at a private school in a gymnasium. And, uh, and, and we began to work on their building uh, that we bought at, uh, uh, on, on West Market Street in Johnson City. And so, uh, so for the entire year of 2013, they met in this little half-gymnasium type thing. Uh, and uh, they grew and grew and grew, and by uh, January of 2014, they had their, um, their, grand, their grand opening, their, their public launch, so to speak, in January 2014 uh, in, in that West Market building. And so right away after that, um, you know, uh, that we jumped right into in 2015, uh, working on launching the Irwin Campus and in 2016, uh, the Gray Campus, um, uh, as well. And so we just kept moving forward as, as quickly as we could. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where, where we've been. We've just continually been spinning churches off of churches. Uh, coming out of the pandemic, unfortunately, we're back down to three uh, campuses. Um, and it's going to take us a little bit to get back to spinning churches off. But one of the things that I really found in the meantime during the pandemic was we have become way more focused and intentional about what we do uh, which i think is going to serve us really really well i feel like we're at a much better place now to to get back to launching churches than we were even in the first place and so uh, i want to just take a a moment to roll through some key principles uh, that you really need to look at when it comes to going to multi-site so these are some things like to give you things that you can sit in with your staff or, or your core members and say hey we need to discuss these things and these are the things you really really need to talk about first of all Leadership development is key. For the most part, um, we have had very few staff members that did not come from inside the church. So generally speaking, we raise up staff members from inside the church. And we now have very clear leadership pipeline uh, plans and resources in place to raise up leaders in every area of our church. Uh, And so uh, I will tell you, you'll send your very best leaders To go plant a church none none of your um kind of half-hearted members are going to go to start those start those other campuses i can just tell you that right now it's not going to happen it's going to be all the people who are the go-getters that you know they'll storm hell with a water pistol those people that you rely on all the time and you just think man i don't know how to live without them those are the people who are going to say oh i'll go i would love to do that church planting sounds like a party to me and so uh, those are the people you're going to send so you're going to have to be training leaders Uh, and preparing them to step up to fill in those gaps as you send them out. Okay, and so the second thing I think is you need to decide on how the locations will relate and you need to make that clear. Uh, that, that may seem, seem a little hazy, but I'll explain. How connected will they be? How much autonomy will they have? Um, how how uh, different are you willing for those campuses to be before maybe you would just brand that as a whole separate, different thing? And, and I will just tell you, branding gets a bad rap in the church world. Uh, I understand that, that uh, as, as churches become very corporate-minded and it's all about... Branding and things like that, I understand that kind of leaves a bad taste in people's mouth, and I get that, but at its most basic level, you know, branding is just, just really helping people know what kind of church this is, uh, that, uh, that, that they understand that if they see a Northridge sign coming up in their neighborhood, they know what kind of church they're going to get there. Uh, so it doesn't have to be uh, branding in the sense that you're all about yourself, uh, which I think a lot of people feel that way sometimes about church branding, and I get it. I totally get it. But there is a sense in which uh, y- you can get some synergy off of the fact that, oh, there, I saw one of those in Irwin. I saw one of those across town. Now on our side of town, there's one coming. Okay, so like I know what that is. and And so you have to ask yourself... You know, how, how important is that uh, to you? Uh, I mean, if, if you walked into something that had a Chick-fil-A sign and they were only serving burgers and, and tacos, you would be frustrated, right? You'd be like, no, no, no. I thought I was getting a Chick-fil-A here. This is not a Chick-fil-A. If you see a sign go up in your neighborhood that says Chick-fil-A at a construction site, you're excited because you know exactly what you're going to get when that moves in. And that, that's the issue that you need to think about. So how are these campuses going to relate? Uh, how connected will they be? Uh, how far can they stray, so to speak, before really it should just be branded as something different and maybe even be autonomous? And so we actually have a list of things that define a Northridge campus. And uh, and, and and those are things that people can expect when they go to a Northridge church. You know, relevant music, uh, the, the student ministry is going to be teaching these main principles. Uh, this is the curriculum for the for the children's ministry. It's going to be branded this way. It's going to be handled uh, this way. Uh, those are you know just some basic things. Uh, the, our, the new members class is going to operate this particular way. Uh, on and on it goes. Just you know. Uh, and if if a particular campus struggles with part of that, if they're saying, hey, just to be honest, we're finding that that new members class has some huge flaws in it. When we teach it, there's a lot of confusion. Then we're gonna come back together um, as a network of churches and we're gonna work on that. now. I'm not talking about a lot of bureaucracy or extra meetings for people, I'm not talking about like that all the staff has to come together to, I'm talking about probably the campus pastors for a new members class for instance, the campus pastors will get together and revamp that thing and and get a new one produced uh, that, that they're happy with. And so uh, not talking about a ton of extra meetings and that kind of thing, but just coming together and saying we're going to work on that. Uh, for us, you know, we've decided to use live speakers at every campus, and our area seems to respond better to that. There have been some really uh, uh, very uh, effective big-name churches that have kind of rolled out and tried the video campus type thing in our area, and it just hasn't it hasn't gone well. None of them have, have actually lasted. Um, again, you know, not not busting on that. It just it just hasn't worked. It doesn't seem like it has, uh, and so for us. Uh, you know that's, that's who we are as a church we're going to use live speakers. Um, all of our student pastors uh, relate to each other and teach the same series. Uh, they they, they uh, plan uh, an annual student conference together uh, and, and our worship leaders work together to where uh, they may have a little bit different tastes in, 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 in the, the sources where they get their music, this person likes this group better, this person likes that group better, but when you walk into a Northridge campus, uh, it's going to feel like you're, you're, you're doing the same thing that you were at the other campus, uh, so it's not going to feel like, oh, they sing totally different, different music. Um, our campus pastors preach the same series, and we all agree on those in October. And it, and that's actually really exciting. There there have been years, literally. Whereas the leader of the organization, not one single one of my ideas carried the day in that meeting, and I preached an entire year of things that I didn't—I I had no input on. I mean, I had input as far as like, yeah, I approve that, I like that, that kind of thing, but—but but it wasn't my idea. And I found that that challenged me, it stretched me, it caused me to speak on things that I typically wouldn't speak on because sometimes we just get in ruts, right? And so this kind of got me out of some ruts. Um, our goal is to get benefit, the benefit of working together and sharing ideas across campuses without it feeling like that everything gets handed down and can't be questioned. That's the part we don't want that We want the cooperation without the red tape uh, and so far uh, we've been able to get that now uh, you know I can't stress how important it is that you communicate what is expected in this area before you get started how how everybody's going to relate how everybody's going to work together and what those expectations are absolutely important that you get that out. Uh, and everybody understands that as you're starting new campuses. Um, you, you may want to start a looser network of churches than what we have uh, and have a lot more freedom and maybe have them all branded differently, and, and, but you're still one corporation. Uh, that would still be multi-site. It would be a very loose multi-site, uh, but it would still be multi-site. But just be clear about how you're setting it up and what the expectations are. The second thing I think you need to talk about uh, is uh, you need to get your systems down before you get started. And this is, this is again, uh, last, uh, last episode we talked about some things that I said, this is not the sexy side of church. And I know for a lot of, uh, of church planters, this is, this is the, the, the draining part, like systems. Oh, fantastic. You know, financial systems, assimilation systems. Um, you know, computer systems, like what are you going to use uh, to, uh, to keep up with everything? Uh, you know, how's your, how's your staff going to hand in receipts? Uh, what's the process of starting a new campus? Uh, what does what our leadership pipeline look like? How do we train, uh, train people for the leadership team? Um, how do we approve expenses? Uh, how does someone become a member? how do you handle baptisms, how do you expect offerings to be handled, uh, just all those systems, how do you train volunteers, and so it's so important that you really think through, how do we, you know, what do we do and all, with all these systems before you get started, because you can't start becoming multi-site, and, and, and say, oh, I, you know, we hadn't thought that through, um, and so just very, very, very important. I felt like I had really, I'm a very systems-minded person. I thought thought I had thought through a lot of those things and I'll have to confess that the deeper we got into this, the more I realized there were more things than I had originally thought of that needed to be dealt with up front. Uh, also, I would advise that, that someone uh, needs to move to be the network leader before you move to the third campus. Before you move on to starting a third campus, someone needs to, just, to, to make that transition and say, okay, I now just lead the network. I don't lead a campus uh... and that's going to be a hard pill to swallow because obviously you're basically talking about an additional salary and you're saying this is not a good time for it we could be expanding we could be reaching new people we could be starting another campus but i will promise you you cannot you do not want to go beyond two campuses without that position in place it's a hard pill to swallow it's absolutely essential to keeping everything laser focused and everybody working in unity it's very hard to keep everybody on the same page when you're trying to lead a campus and also lead the overall church. I can promise you that. And I would also say if you're teaching on video, I would do that when you move to start the second campus. Um, that you just go ahead and make that move. You're the, you're the video teacher and you oversee the, the, the small network that is getting started there. Uh, another thing I would say is pick your locations based on where God is working. Pick your locations based on where God is working. Not where you think a church like yours needs to be. Uh, Or where you would like to be. Be very careful about that. It's very easy to just look and go, oh, well, the natural thing would be, you know, next we would go here. People ask me that all the time. Where are y'all going to go next? And my answer is always the same. We're going to watch where God is working. And wherever he's working, that's where we're going to go next. And so um, we've had groups of people actually ask us, please come to our town and start a Northridge campus here. And we've sat down with them. We've talked to them. Uh, we've tried to make sure that we're on the same page as far as philosophically, especially in the disciple-making piece. And it just wasn't there. It just was not there. And so we said, "Look, we're we're just not gonna we're just gonna hold off." Uh, and so yeah, it, when you have a group of people saying, "Hey, we want you to come," I mean, you would just think, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go do that immediately." That's that's the next place. But uh, if things don't if things don't match up and God's not working in the way um, that um, that you you would like to see then yeah maybe that's not the best idea our our area is not a massive metropolitan area for those of you that are watching outside the area so um you know we might start another church that's less than 10 miles away and i know in some places that's crazy like you would normally go okay it's got to be 20 miles away before we start start one Uh, but it might just be 10 miles away Uh, we've got eight elementary school districts in the johnson city area eventually we might have one in every one of those in, in every one of those school districts i mean i i don't know uh but uh, if god is working in that area and we're seeing disciples made there we'll do it uh so it doesn't have to be obviously we're not going we to put one right next door but it doesn't have to be um, just miles and miles and miles and miles away uh for for us to start one um and we're not just going to pick up and and go to an area and try to force something just because we think that's the next thing on the agenda uh, the other thing is, is just choosing your meeting locations wisely. This is a huge issue. Um, and you might want to, as you start to talk about hey, this, is, we want to become a church that starts churches. You might want to go ahead and map this out first. Um, know your area. If you can rent a school, I would say do it. I would say do it. Make sure that you're a huge blessing to that school. Make sure you take care of that facility so well that as soon as you move out, they want another church to move in. Uh, But uh, in in the area where we started the first two campuses, schools will not rent to churches. And so that was out. Uh, And rent inside the city in in commercial spaces is going to be one to two dollars a square foot every month. So a 5000 square foot building which is not a very big building to have a church in that's going to be $5000 a month or $10000 a month uh, perhaps. And so it's just it's just a huge stretch and so any decent sized space was going to be a a huge expense for a startup church. And so I noticed through the years that many startup churches in our city were were going to those kind of spaces and they were going to you know they were having to do it in a 3000 square foot little tiny storefront and uh, and what I found was was the city had just kind of gotten numb to that when they saw little tiny churches going in little tiny storefronts with, with you know, a banner up for six months, and then they were gone. And so they just kind of got used to that, and they began to feel like, okay, those, those churches aren't going to make it. So when we came along, we couldn't, rent, we couldn't rent in schools. We couldn't afford to rent commercial space uh, in general, and so we, we, uh, we started looking at, at, at buying buildings. Uh, and, and we found a warehouse that we could convert and the mortgage would be $2,800. And so uh, our choice so our came down to we could rent a hotel conference room for about $4,000 a month uh, or more on, on the five week uh, months. Uh, And so we could we could rent for $4,000 a month or we could pay a $2,800 mortgage And so we chose to do that and actually one of the things that I think that really helped with that was again The city was used to seeing uh, church plants come and go and I think they felt like right away Oh, this one must be serious. They're moving into their own building like so uh, And it's it was about a 10,000 square foot building almost 10,000 9,000 something so decent-sized building to, to to really really get going, and so um, I just think that that it's very very important to know the history of what has happened in your city with church plants, and know what has worked and what hasn't uh, before you start spinning off churches. Now, if you're spinning off ca- cafe-style churches, uh, you can meet in any restaurant or coffee shop that isn't open on a Sunday morning. So, yay! Uh, so that's that's one of the reasons that those those styles are are becoming. Uh, so popular and so, you know, it's something, something to think about. Also, some churches are actually starting businesses and, then, and starting churches in the business that they start. Uh, and so maybe they have a string of coffee shops that they've opened and, and they do cafe cafe-style uh, cafe worship. Uh, in in all of those and so just something to think about one of the reasons i'm so passionate about churches going multi-site is i believe that healthy churches starting churches is going to be more successful and has been more successful than parachute planters moving into town and trying to make a go of it alone so when you're starting a, 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 a church for a church there's a lot of accountability Right. So like, you know, sometimes you may have an outside board if you're a parachute church planner and and they check in on you every once in a while. But if you're starting a church for a church, I know when we started that second church, Chris Miller and I talked all the time. How are things going? What's going on right now? What next step do we need to take? Uh, And so there's a lot of accountability. Uh, there and there's also a lot of backup when things aren't going well as well. We've had at least two of our campuses that um, that through the years have had moments where they wouldn't have existed anymore financially, uh, just would not have made it if they were not a part Of a larger uh, network and uh, we borrow musicians all the time we rotate speakers all the time there's just a lot of being able to help each other uh, when when you are are together in a multi-site situation another reason i believe they tend to be more successful is is you can take your time and this is so 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 important Uh, If you're on your own and you decide to start a church, you have to get that thing off the ground in a hurry or you're going to have to find something else to do because you're going to run out of fundraising money. And I was told that at one point by one person. Uh, They said, hey, I'm coming into town in January. I need to get this thing off the ground by the beginning of April for Easter uh, because my fundraising is going to run out. And so there's no time to like really take your time and develop a core and, and really begin to gain momentum before you publicly launch. So that by the time you publicly launch, people are like, where does church come from? Like, holy cow, like, where, like there's a fully functioning church I'd never heard of until now that is just like right there. Uh, you don't have that opportunity to do that. And for us, it has been a huge advantage because uh, even on the first church, uh, when we didn't have anybody backing us, we, t- we took a year and three months to get it off the ground. And every other one of our campuses has been no, no less than 18 months uh, before their public launch. And so um, there's a lot of struggles and there's a lot of uh, uh, tensions that have to be managed. When you, um, when you do a multi-site uh, situation instead of spending churches off autonomously, there's no doubt about that. For us, those, those have been worth it to manage those tensions uh, to have the teamwork and the cooperation that we're able to experience out of it. And so, uh, you know, I, I, hope that, I hope that these have been uh, some helpful things for you to think through uh, as, a, as a team. Uh, you know, as always, we'd love to hear your questions. We'd love to hear your questions on this topic or any other topics that you would like to see us tackle. And I just want to say thanks for listening, thanks for watching, and we'll see you next month on Ignite Movements.